This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. joining us my man uh how, how's your week going i see you got a glass of red there uh yeah. you're wearing a sweatshirt with your own face on it yeah with my likeness on it me me and ghostface killer and, and that's uh, amazing and his chinchilla coat which i can only imagine costs as much as my car <laughs> that's it's an incredible incredible photo where was that taken uh it was at uh an all-star game party here in town uh last year a little over a year ago uh and Juju Gotti sent this to me and he, he had a couple, he had one made for Sarah. He also sent uh, a very random, like early nineties sports illustrated football phone that we have upstairs. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's a landline. The football be, phone? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of, I kind of go back and forth with Sarah. I was like, we don't need more stuff in this house, but that's kind of tough to deny. Like, I don't know where we're going to put it. We don't have a landline. Uh, so it's still just in the container upstairs, but, uh, it, and it's like still in the box. Like there's probably, I don't know where he got that, why he got it, how he got it. Um, but, uh, he got it and now we have, that's it. incredible. That that's almost like a reason to get like a, uh, multi-level intercom system or something, just so you can like pick up the sports illustrated <laughs> phone and it rings like another phone upstairs. doesn't have to go out of the building. You don't need an actual landline or anything. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> There's probably still, we did, we did a little bit of updating in our place. And I think I took out most of the uh, wall mounted uh, uh, landline, uh, whatever ports connections, whatever. And uh, right. I, I could probably still find one somewhere and maybe I'll just plug it in just for the hell of it. Yeah. Just a, a ceremonial, just a decorative. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for, for joining us and for your time this evening. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with our questions. And up first, we have Steve Arduini. Go ahead, Steve. 
All right, Brad. Uh, so I was the one that put up the Twitter poll last week about how the weekend with steak was going to end. Uh, so the choices were passed out in a bush. The cops get called on him both or you guys become friends, but only because of his wife, hot sauce. So I just want to know how did the weekend actually go? Uh, any good stories and how drunk did our buddy steak actually get? Man. Um, I don't know if you want the real questions or if you want something that's more in the spirit of that poll, but it, it was a delightful weekend. Uh, it, it was, it was great. We hung out actually twice. We hung out at the game for a little bit, actually three times. Cause then we hung out after the game in, um, Tempe, uh, at, um, some restaurant forgetting what it was where, but, uh, and then, and then Sunday, uh, Sarah and I had rented a house in Scottsdale and uh, steak and hot. And she does not, I don't think enjoy being called hot sauce. I think she just kind of goes along for the ride. Uh, and I can't, I, you know, whatever she's, she's, uh, you know, down for the cause ride or die. Um, so to answer your question, uh, I don't know how, how uh, intoxicated you were. I, I was a little tipsy by the time you left Sunday, I was totally fine Saturday. Uh, I was, I was, I was the DD, but I, I mean, I had like one beer at the game when we first got there. Uh, but anyway, you didn't steak sauce did not seem intoxicated at any point. We did play thunder drunk. Uh, dude, uh, beep count is uh, that is a word I cannot pronounce. Burkinos. Burkinos. See, yeah, I I am as gringo as they get, so I cannot pronounce that word. But it, but anyway, um, where was I? Uh, thunder drunk. Oh yeah, we played thunder drunk. Has anyone here played thunder drunk? Sure, yeah. Yeah. And we were, we were all, I think half of us were on the Instagram live watching. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what Thunderdrunk was until a few years ago. We do a trip every year for the heckler Lou Rafter. Thank Thank you for the hat. Um, it, we, we do a trip out to spring train every year. We didn't do it this year, but our deed, we, we started getting a DJ in probably like 2015, 2016. And he introduced Thunderdrunk to us because I think in order to become a DJ in the greater Phoenix area, you have to know Thunderdrunk or, <laughs> or if you went to college, um in like probably 2010 or later which i did not so i did i discovered thunder drunk late in life uh but steak and hot sauces or sauce is it singular or plural when it's you're talking about both of them uh but they <laughs> they crushed it at thunder drunk it was it was poolside it was it was a lot of fun perfect thanks a lot man yeah for sure i don't think i answered did i answer your question i don't remember i basically just wanted to hear about steak ending waking up with like twigs in his hair or something <laughs> That might have happened. I think they they actually mashed potatoes on his face. It was still light out when they left on Sunday, and I and based on their uh, social media profiles, they went and had a date night. Although Saturday he was posting at like eight in the morning, I was still in bed, and he's posting pictures of he and Hot Sauce having uh, mules uh, at I believe it was their hotel, uh, which props to any hotel that that serves Moscow mules, um, but uh saturday i don't yeah um i still didn't answer your question it was Brad, fun can you it was fun we're you, we're, uh, we're all very good friends now perfect <laughs> can, can you can you enlighten our listeners for those that might not know um exactly what the hell thunder drunk is um sure. because this was sure. something i had not heard of before until a uh, steak hopped in the ch chat and was like you guys i played thunder drunk and i was like, I, I, like it sounds amazing it sounds incredible but uh not sure what it was Sure. So you play the song, everyone gets around a circle and depending on the number of people you have, you can have one or multiple people start the game and, and they, you play the song thunderstruck. Um, and every time the word thunder gets said, the next person drinks. So you start off with someone drinking and then it's like 15 seconds until they say thunder. 
and then it goes pretty quickly but there's like two or three times in the song where somebody some poor sap usually me gets stuck drinking for like a <laughs> solid a solid like 90 seconds uh it's and it's it's a rough way to uh to to be enjoying the beautiful sunshine uh in the uh, <laughs> area but but uh, we found a way so so that's that's the game and sometimes i mean you, you should definitely do it with beer but some, we've had some people do it with, in our trip who don't like beer so they're doing it with like white claw or like oh, good lord like rosé which is just <laughs> all terrible ideas it's a it, it it's like it's sort of like drinking malort here in chicago thunder drunk is kind of like the worst idea you can have but you you know you're better off for it yeah, I uh, w- when I learned about this, th- I just imagined hearing that line, you've been thunderstruck, yeah. and like how long that musical interlude or that would be, uh, that would that would be miserable, yeah. And at that point, if you're the one who's who's stuck drinking, your esophagus is beginning to, to fail, uh, you're just you're <laughs> you're like starting to kind of lose control of some of your bodily functions. Uh, and you're so happy to hear the word thunder. Um, so yeah, it's love it. It's, love I'm, it. And, and now we've started doing it like our holiday parties and stuff too. We didn't do a holiday party this year, but at our, uh, you know, our dog is Fletch and his birthday is because we're, we're terrible, insufferable dog lovers. His birthday <laughs> is right before Christmas. So we decided his first birthday to do a holiday slash Fletch birthday party. We call it Fletch Navidad. And we've started incorporating Thunder Drunk into that, which is like a terrible idea all the way around. We didn't, we, we you don't need to do it one, more than once a year, Thunder Drunk. Right, right. But, but now, <laughs> now we do. So it, our, our holidays are, are worse off because of it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Crispy, I'm probably going to have to dump your song because I don't know if we have the clearance for it yet. So I might have to oh, dump shit. that one out. It was probably bad enough that nobody uh, will recognize it and the algorithm won't pick it up. So. Um, we're probably safe. Uh, all right. Uh, just, speaking just by, of the, wait, uh, just by singing that one little riff that could get you in, was that, a, was that a serious thing or was that a joke? <laughs> I know that um, that's a, that's be, being overly theater of the mind. Okay. Theater of the mind. Cool. 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 I was curious. Cause I, you know, I don't know. There's all, I feel like there's always something new with a uh, podcasting that is like, can get you in trouble for something, you know? Um, yep. All right. Up next, we're going to throw it to uh, the man uh, who played that game with you. One Mr. Steak Sauce. Steak Sauce, go ahead. Hey, Brad. Nice to see you again, man. Hey, what's going on? We should do this every weekend. We should. Let's do it every weekend. I was, right, just, right, I, was, I was just telling Hot Sauce. I can't believe it's been a week since I've seen you. I miss you. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> um, no, last weekend was amazing, dude. Thank you again for the, the hospitality and the kindness. That was like one of the best weekends of my life. Um, yeah, after we left on Sunday, the night kind of got away from us, and it's kind of like a blur, but uh, that's what Instagram stories are for, right? Sure. Piece so it all like together. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't a disappointment to you, but uh, I know you're a big Cubs fan, and being a Cubs fan is all about disappointment, right? Yes. <laughs> Give me it's a, start, a line. It's starting, to feel nor- it's starting to feel normal again. It's like an old shoe. Yeah. Like, now like that the feet, yogurt happened. Happened. Yeah. I felt weird after 2016. I was like, oh, I hated weird. it. It was the worst. Yeah. Winning the World Series was the worst thing that could have ever happened to us. Yeah, seriously, though, we're never going to get that high ever again. Like, yeah. if they were, you know, it's never going to be that. The Cubs yeah. thrive 
in, with mediocre with mediocrity and with like low expectations. That's when they're at their best. You're like, oh, 72 wins. That was awesome. I thought they were going to win like 68 games this year. <laughs> they're eight games out of the wild card in September. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, can you give me a starting lineup of all the Cubs who have disappointed you throughout your oh. fandom? Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's <laughs> uh, you. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you did tip me off that this was going to be it. Well, first you, you just asked me for like my all time lineup. And I was like, let's put it, let's put a twist on that. So the all time disappointing lineup. And this is, this is basically people who did not, I don't know. I mean, how uh beep count you're, you're, I'm assuming you're the producer of this. Can, can we break this up into like six hour long segments? We can absolutely do that. And all right, perfect. we'll put you one, one a day for the next six weeks. Perfect. Perfect. It's yeah. This is going to be very therapeutic. So, or, or, or we could, uh, we could, we could just have Brad, uh, we could take like a live call from Brad doing during our other episodes where he just counts them down, <laughs> uh, you know, from nine to one over the course of nine weeks or nine episodes. Yeah. It could, or, Sorry, or, Brad, go ahead. Yeah. I like that. Or it could be like Letterman, like old school Letterman where you just like pick up the phone and it's me ranting about all the Cubs who have disappointed me. And then you like hang it up mid rant. Um, all right. So there's a lot of that. Um, um, and so I moved to Chicago in 1999. I grew up in rural Wisconsin. And at that time I was a huge Brewers fan, but they were in the American league and the Cubs were in the national league. So it was always sort of my dream that they would like meet in the world series. Thankfully that never came close to happening. Um, so, but so most of these players um, are, you'd asked um, steak sauce about my lifetime. Most of these are from since I've been in Chicago. So I'm going to start just position go. We're going to go around the horn uh we're gonna start at the top here number one todd hunley he was signed i believe it was in oh two um coming out of i think the mets or the dodgers i forget but but his first year with the cubs his batting average dropped off 100 points and then they traded him halfway through the next season and this was good news they traded him for mark rosalonic and eric Karros, who helped fuel the uh playoff run of 2003 that we don't talk about much but anyway he's my catcher number uh, all right first base he sop Choi, remember him? Steak sauce. Yep, definitely. Oh yeah, he was he was showing promise until he collided, uh, trying to feel the pop up with Carrie Wood. Why Carrie Wood, the pitcher, was trying to feel the pop up, I'll never know. Um, but he stopped after that. He dropped off uh, terribly, and uh, I don't know that he's been heard from since. Second base is Bobby Hill. Uh, he was acquired. He was I, he was like a late first or maybe second round draft pick. And like, here's something that maybe this happens with a lot of fan bases, but like the Cubs, especially before, like they actually started knowing what they were doing with the draft, like every draft pick, they were like, oh my God, this could be the next, whatever, that this could be the next, you know, Ernie Banks or the next, uh, you know, the, the Cubs haven't had a good third baseman since Ron Santo, who like retired in like 72 or got traded to the White Sox, like 72 or something stupid. But anyway, there was always some player who was going to be that like next big thing. Bobby Hill was supposed to be the next big thing at second base, never panned out, uh, and then got traded to the Pirates. And I, you know, I wish him well, but I have no idea where what what he would be, uh, where where his skills would apply today. Shortstop, Nomar Garcia Parra. People forget that he was acquired by the Cubs at the trade deadline in 2004, which was like thrilling, except for the fact that like everyone in town was going around shouting Nomar, which was like really obnoxious. It made me feel like I was living in Boston for 15 minutes, which who wants that? And then um, he kind of fizzled out and then had a gruesome groin injury, just swinging the bat 
and like like his like groin tore off the bone. So that was terrible. Third base is a tie. By the way, guys, if anyone wants to like, you know, have me tap out here, I'm fine. I could I could do this forever. Third base is a tie. Josh Vitters, who was a first round draft pick, who was supposed to be great, and Kevin Ori, who was supposed to be the next Ron Santo. Uh, in I guess it would have been either late '90s or early 2000s. He was terrible. Um, Brett Jackson was a first round draft pick in the outfield, who was supposed to be great. I actually met him a couple times. He was super nice. He was like very handsome. Like even I thought he was handsome. And uh, <laughs> he was very good looking. He like he like wore like a like sort of like a hipster like stocking cap and like he had like toughy. He was like from California. He had like toughy blonde hair. Couldn't hit a curveball to save his life. He was he fizzled out. <laughs> Tyler Colvin. He was actually decent, but I think it was his last appearance for the Cubs. Got impaled by a broken bat that somehow pierced his lung. And then got traded to the Rockies and was kind of like mediocre after that. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I it would ha- I think it was like 2000, maybe eleven. And I'll be honest, I wasn't watching all the Cubs in 2011 because, you know, self-preservation. Um, and then my last outfielder was uh Fukudome, who came here. I I'm convinced that when Jim Hendry, the former GM, signed him, he had not seen him play in Japan other than maybe like you know, some, some video footage. He was actually decent, but he was supposed to be like the savior. And the worst thing about Fukudome, which was not his fault, was that a lot of, uh, let's say, culturally illiterate um, white uh, frat boy types would, would go into the bleachers wearing like, uh, like bandanas and like, uh, like the like rice paddy hats, like to support Fukudome, which was, yeah. And there were a lot of shirts that had like, it was like a Harry Carey caricature, but it was, which also Harry Carey and the jet there was that there was that and then there was like the caricature uh, of a Japanese person super racist uh, so that so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against Fukudome and he always seemed like a good dude and actually I think his first game ever he hit a his first Cubs game ever was opening day and he hit a I want to say it was like 08 and he hit a, a homer, it? yeah it was either a walk off or I think it tied the game in extras and then they still blew it uh, which sort of set the tone for uh, the you know uh, anyway. Um, starting pitchers, Mark Pryor. I was at his Cubs debut. He struck out like a dozen guys and looked dominant. And then, uh, it was all, eh, you know, I mean, he was, he was on the mound uh, for the, the Bartman incident. And I, I blame Dusty Baker for letting Mark Pryor throw 175 pitches that game. I'm exaggerating, but not by much. Next starting pitcher was Andrew Kashner. He was a first round pick who was supposed to be amazing. He had a great fastball, but as I understood it, no movement on it. The best thing about him was that he was traded to the Padres for Anthony Rizzo. Next starting pitcher was Danny Jackson. Uh, he was the Cubs signed him in, in 1990 to a free agent contract. He was only two seasons out of an all star year where he was 23 and eight in 1988. And the only reason people didn't talk about him was because Orla, um, uh, Oral Horsheiser was like amazing that year. Um, but he was 23 and eight. I think he won maybe two World Series, one with the Reds and one with uh, the Royals. Well, with the Cubs, he pitched for a year and a half and he went five and 14 and had a five plus ERA. Next starting pitcher, Tyler Chatwood. Uh, I don't really know what the Cubs expected from him because they signed him to a three-year contract for $38 million, um, even though he was like the year before he went. That was, you know, a lot of people talk about Theo being a genius. He's got he's got a few blemishes on his resume, and Tyler Chatwood is definitely one of them. He only started 30 games for the Cubs in three years and just uh, due to mostly like injuries and shittiness. Uh, my last starting pitcher is Steve Trout. Uh, he was a late eighties pitcher for the Cubs, like when they were decent. And, uh, I, the only reason I included him is, uh, he's actually on Facebook and has 
extremely questionable political takes. So that's that's my that's my disappointment with Steve Trout. And then closer, I could do middle relievers too if we wanted, but I skipped that. Straight to closer, uh, Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell, who stakes us. He pitched at that game that we were at against the Brewers, and it was the one time I was like happy that now this year MLB added like the like the mid inning tap out rule, where like the the the, the uh, defensive manager manager can just be like, ah, yeah, we're good, and then just call everyone in because that happened to, during Kimbrell. And somehow they gave him a full credit for a full inning in that box score. Where I think he maybe only got one guy out and gave up like seven runs. So anyway, that's my all disappointment team. Uh, beep count. You can edit that down however you want. It was probably like eight minutes. <laughs> you can turn it into 45 seconds if you want. Uh, keeping it all in. All right. Absolutely. All right so that's my all disappointment team. You asked, you got it. Yeah. Hell you. yeah, we did. Yeah. And I just switched um, back to the, to the Zoom screen and seven or eight people are asleep. So. Sorry. <laughs> you know that was for I you. have never sorry, Stake. I'm always asleep, like by this <laughs> month. So that's it's not you. It's me. Okay. All right, perfect. That was a conversation uh, I wanted to have with you poolside last week. And you know, we did well, it didn't happen. So I'm making yeah, listen to it. Well, th- yeah, thankfully you tipped me off and then I spent I literally I spent like four minutes researching that and it all just like flowed. <laughs> I was going to say, it looked like you were recalling all of that from memory. And I was thinking to myself, I have never loved something so much that I could speak that long about the things that I hated about it as well. Uh, That's (laughs) like a level. That's like a. (laughs) I bet that's not true. (laughs) That's like a level of sports torture I've never heard before. That was incredible, Brad. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel comfortable again now that they're, that they're going to be mediocre at best. I'm. Really looking forward to. I mean, the, the Cubs have uh, Kyle Hendricks and like seven fifth starters this year, so we really have our work cut out for us. Actually, some of the times I was researching this stuff, there were like the Cubs. Some years have like nine, ten, eleven guys who started games for them, and that's what's going to happen this year too. Anyway, yeah. It, yeah. So that's, now that they're mediocre again, it's like a warm embrace, right? It's yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's familiarity. As I hear that. As All right. Live, as soon as this is live, I'm going to send this to my therapist and then we'll just skip this. <laughs> we'll skip this week's session and he'll understand. Uh, he'll understand. It'll, it'll be this more. Every, every, than, yeah. Everything he needs to know right here in this, uh, this podcast. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to throw it to Lou Rafter now. Go ahead, Lou. Hey, Brad. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Are you in a warehouse right now? Uh, I'm in my studio where I made that. Oh, basically. So this is where I do all my work for everything. Yeah. Well, if I knew your real and name, record podcast. If I knew your real name, I'd I'd I'd, uh, I'd look up your business and and we would we, we we could talk about collaborating. But since I don't believe Lou Rafter is your real name, but you are currently in a place that has rafters, so that's good. So uh, I've spent most of the day just googling you and just recording all the strange, funny things about you that. I don't know if a computer wrote it or who wrote this stuff. So I just wanted to read a couple of these to you that I just found absolutely hilarious. Uh, Please. Brad, uh, Brad is married. He is a one woman man. He has only That's been married true. once until now. <laughs> well, that makes it sound like I've only been married once, period. They could have cut that sentence off early. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I really like this one. Uh, Brad was born in the United States, but due to his blurry black, black background details, the exact birthplace is not available. He was born in 1976. He has a very secretive life. <laughs> part, part of that's true. I also yeah. have to say, uh, that, like, I'm, I'm happy that 
oh well keep i'm so far i'm happy that the that the fake things about me on the internet are not like totally inflammatory but keep going yeah let's see this one um there are no details about his ethnicity early life and childhood <laughs> well yeah i'm like uh i don't know it's like a sci-fi character like i just like um, it's like i emerged at 24 yeah and then this one is a uh, newspaper owner that plays volleyball, basketball, and softball recreationally, and is very and has very impressive skills. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't really know where any of that stuff comes from, and I'm I'm willing to bet that it's uh it's not uh it, it some of the stuff when you read it it, it appears to be written. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go with like in Eastern Europe is my is yeah. my guess, like communist bloc. Like, uh, what's the movie, uh, War Dogs? Has anyone ever seen that? Where they're in that, yeah. like, it looks a little bit like where Lou Rafter is right now. They're in that, like, warehouse in Albania, uh, like, repackaging. There's just a computer gold. farm with uh, with hundreds of people generating content at all times. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So um, I would say that, like, 25% of what you just read is accurate. Well, I, f I found it very entertaining. It was a inner, very entertaining day yeah. today. I'm just, so. <laughs> again, I'm like, I just, every day I wake up and I just knock on wood that it's going to continue to be things that are not like totally inflammatory. Although, well, do you, do you know how all this stuff is getting put out there about you? Like who's starting these rumors? I don't, other than, I, you know, I think it's sort of like when someone passes away and you like Google their name, you know, like people will like have these bogus like landing pages that are, you know, just to kind of collect on, on the, the internet traffic. Right. So I think that enough people Google my wife's name, uh, for those who aren't aware, I'm, I'm married to uh, Laura Ricketts, the co-owner of the Chicago Cubs. But when people will Google Laura Ricketts husband, um, that, and, and you really, that, that's a deep cut. Like you should be, uh, really in, entrenched in, in Cubs lore to, to appreciate that I'm married to Laura Ricketts. But anyway, uh, when people Google Laura Ricketts husband, that's one of the first things that comes up is like those search results for those like bogus pages. So I think people are just trying to collect. I, I can't imagine that they're making much off of, off of all the work they put into, <laughs> to, uh, you know, populating these pages with, uh, with things that are, but every morning I wake up, I'm like, I, I just, I'm just glad it's not something like totally inflammatory because you know, there are a lot of things that the sort of like, remember when, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Savage was starting a campaign to, uh, what's his name uh sweater vest guy from uh ohio i think he's ohio right the politician uh what what's his name he was he was trying to think of the worst thing ever that to, could so if you searched his name it would and it, it wound up being a very oh profane. mr rogers no no uh, he's, from, oh. he's from pittsburgh no no uh, the, 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 only, the only sweater, sweater vest ohio i know is jim tressel former coach of Not ohio jim State. Tressel. yep uh he might the politician, uh, the mayor of Youngstown. Boehner? No, not Boehner. Uh, around the same era, though, he's like super hardcore conservative. Um, but but, uh, well, can we can we clean this up and post beep count? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> sweater vest guy. I'm trying to think. It's not Santorum. Santorum. Yes. If you. If oh, you is it Santorum? Google, yes. Yes, Rick Santorum. If you would Google. Santorum, they tried to make it so the first thing that would come up would not be anything about him, but That's would be about this right. super profane sexual <laughs> thing. So it could be worse. Uh, when yes, people, absolutely. It could be, it could be much worse. So yes, Santorum. Thank you. Yeah.
let's let's hope terrible, these, uh... it'd be terrible at jeopardy my recall is i don't know if it's <laughs> i was only in, i only played football for like two years and i was basically a tackling dummy so i don't know if i had head trauma in high school i wasn't aware of but my recall is really bad anyway sorry let's hope let's hope these uh these stories keep being lighthearted and yes. like nobody wraps you up in like QAnon or something like that right oh god you uh, see, i don't even, <laughs> even want to put that out there i don't even want to put that out there <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Let's there's do no, that, that's there's bad. no basement in my house. We do not serve pizza here. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. Up next, I'm going to throw it to Halloween Basic, a.k.a. Pam. Go ahead, Pam. Hey, Brad. Hi, Pam. Question about something you posted on Twitter a few days ago. So you hosted a virtual bingo. I did, yeah. Which sounds amazing. I love bingo. So tell us about virtual bingo. And you also, um, one of your threads had something about there being prizes from Chicago businesses. Yeah. Um, if you're not Chicago local, can outsiders still play anyway? Oh, I for sure. For sure. So um, my I also one of my news resolutions was to stop answering questions with the first word being so so I'm already behind on that. <laughs> anyway. Um, so my full time job is as a real estate agent. And we have um, a uh, our, our go to lender is at guaranteed rate, which is also coincidentally the name of the White Sox ballpark, but affiliation beyond that. Uh, and they started doing like virtual events just with like other agents they work with or for their own clients, just to kind of like get people together and have fun. Right. Cause that's, that's all we could do during quarantine. So we decided to do one, um, with our clients virtual. It was, um, it was sort of like name that tune bingo. And then every song had something about like a home or a house or whatever in it. Um, so yeah, anybody was welcome. Uh, I, you know, it, you don't, you don't need to be in Chicago. We gave away gifts for some of them were they were all Chicago based businesses. Some of them were like one of my friends um, owns uh, a barbershop that it's a it's a V's barbershop franchise. They're, I think, based in either Vegas or Phoenix. Anyway, he's got one here in Chicago. There's a, a shoe store that I really like called City Souls. That one you could order online. So if you would have won that gift card, uh, you could have been anywhere. Uh, so next time. And then there's this amazing um, uh, bakery next to me that I think thinks it's still like 1984 because you go in there and buy you you spend like you'll buy like seven things and they'll be like that'll be 45 cents i'm like how do you stay in business but anyway they don't even have gift certificates so i'm just sending the winner a 20 dollar bill and telling them you have to spend it at artimio's bakery in wicker park um anyway yeah so anyone could join we're gonna try to do more stuff like that it was a lot of fun uh, it was just an hour it was in and out it was facilitated by uh, a dude named Vinny in maryland so that was, yeah, thank you for asking. It was a lot of fun. Next oh, time, man. next time, uh, everyone, I, I mean, everyone was invited in the first place, but I, I, I hope you'll join. Thank you. I will. That's right up my alley. Thanks so much. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Yes, B, oh. I see that $2 fine. Yes, that was my, oh, that was my, um, <laughs> oh, the notification. Yeah, that was my oh. work email. Sorry. Nice. Where does, where do the, where's the fine money go? Uh, I've never paid. I've been fined multiple times and I never pay. So I'm mailing a check tonight. How about that? <laughs> to whom? Perfect. Who holds uh, it? Is it, in, is, it in, is it an interest bearing account? I need, I have questions. Yes. Yeah. You can help me with a more, I'm using it for a mortgage later. You can help me with that. <laughs> well, Hey, every dollar counts. That's right. Even well, though you, you're the one being fined by the $2. Right. 
I could buy multiple houses with all my fine money. <laughs> Perfect. These are details we still have to iron out. We don't know uh, who runs the account. We're not sure where the money all goes, what it's for, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, right. yeah, we, we got we to gotta work out the finer details. Um, all right. I'm going to actually throw it to the uh, one issuing the fine, Beep Count. Go ahead, Beep. Hey, Brad. Good to, good to talk hey. to you. Good to see you. How you been? Yeah, you too. So you have an amazing podcast that is now on <laughs> Apple Podcasts and Spotify called A it Very is. Important Podcast by The Heckler, yes. um, which is kind of a, a redo, a redip into your previous podcast, The Heckler. Mm -hmm. um, what was one of your favorite uh, past episodes of your podcast or who is a guest that you really enjoy talking to? And also, who is a guest that you would love to have on an upcoming episode? Oh, man, those are great questions. So first off, the, my most recent episode was produced by you, Beep Count. So funny you'd ask. That was my favorite episode of all time because it was so well produced. Um, impeccably produced. Impeccably produced. Uh, and now I got this. Uh, this you, you really helped me with my gear. I got this. What do you call this thing? The, the spit thing here? The pop, pop filter. filter. That was the pop, pop filter. filter. Yeah, I got one of those because of you. And hopefully I'm not popping at all it sounds um, great anyway yeah thanks man um my I, so i started it so i started the heckler in 2003 as like a side venture that's always kind of what it's been it's how i met my wife laura ricketts uh so you know it's how i got a couple of my jobs people that i that were that i met through it were like you know whatever right so it's never it's never turned itself into the full-time venture that i hoped it would but it's 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 enriched my life incredibly uh anyway uh so uh, when quarantine hit, I started, we had been doing some like video and stuff beforehand and then just like releasing it as a podcast. But then I was like, you know what I'm going to do at first. I was super, uh, I was super, um, what's what I'm looking for? Not adventurous. Uh, what's the, anyway, I, I was very bold in my goal. I was going to try to do one a day. That was ridiculous and totally stupid, but I was just checking in with as many people in my network who were of interest as possible. And I called it a wellness check. I did one with Kyle Farnsworth, who I almost included on my list of most disappointing Cubs for a number of reasons. Um, he was a pitcher for the Cubs in, I think he maybe was his first year might've been 99. He started out as a starter. He was mediocre at best. Yeah. He was a Yankee, uh, a brave. He was, a, yeah, he was, I mean, like he had like, he like fireballer, right? Like he could throw, like he was routinely breaking a hundred. He, he's probably best remembered for, I want to say it was 2003, maybe Paul Wilson from the Reds was, was trying to lay down a bunt. I think it was Oh three was trying to lay down a bunt. And what do you do when someone's trying to lay down a bunt, you throw it high and maybe a little tight. Well, he did. And Paul Wilson did not take kindly to it. So he like, throws his bat and starts kind of like walking out slowly, but like, Kyle Farnsworth is jacked. After his baseball playing days, he played semi-pro uh, football. So, like, this wasn't going to end well for Paul Wilson from the Reds, and it did not end well for Paul Wilson from the Reds. He, yeah, it was, it, it, I think it's a better uh, pitcher delivering a beatdown than Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura. I think it, I mean, he just destroyed Paul Wilson. Like, his, and, and it's, if you, Similar to if you Google me and you get a bunch of bogus results, if you Google Kyle Farnsworth, the, one of the first things that comes up is him destroying uh, Paul Wilson. So anyway, I tracked him down and interviewed him, and that wound up being our most popular podcast. Um, when Kyle Farnsworth was with the Cubs, he had a reputation for being a bit of a uh, reveler. 
uh, and also taking advantage <laughs> of uh, he, the, you know, he kind of had a reputation for like having a waitress or two at every Wrigleyville bar. Um, one time, actually, <laughs> this was back before he was like really had the reputation. It might have been his rookie year. And I remember my buddy George, who I started Heckler with, and I were watching a Cubs game at Sports Corner. And Farnsworth was the starting pitcher that day. And he was like getting knocked around. I was like, oh man, Farnsworth sucks. And this, this honest to God, this waitress walks by. She's like, oh. and I was like, what do you know him? And she's like, well, kind of. I was like, are you dating him? She's like, well, kind of. And like, that was, <laughs> so, so anyway, that was a good, that was a good podcast. I, if I really had balls, I would have uh, grilled him on a, on a couple non-baseball things. But I, what I really want to, Wrigleyville has transformed mightily over the years. Uh, it's gotten sort of, sterilized and uh you know there's 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 more sort of like chain bar restaurant kind of places now it's not it's not the the uh you know gritty uh i don't know uh, den of iniquity that it used to be now it's it's different but anyway i want to take kyle farnsworth back and like just stand in front of all of his old favorite bars and have him see like oh now that's uh in uh amc <laughs> like now that's a like a lucky strike and just sort of like watch his heartbreak but anyway that was that was my best. My my dream guest is my brother-in-law, Todd Ricketts. I really want to get him on my podcast uh, so we could talk about a lot of things, uh, namely his, I don't even want to call it questionable at best. Like, I mean, you know, I know we're not here to get political, but like, I mean, he was the chief fundraiser for the RNC and then tried to like distance him. Anyway, that's my dream guest is Todd Ricketts. Perfect. Awesome. My brother-in-law. Next, I'll just ask him at Thanksgiving next year. Yeah, let's let's get him tomorrow. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. All yes. right, that was a fantastic answer. All right, up next, I'm going to throw it to our uh, foreign correspondent Schweitz up in the, the Great White North. Go ahead, Schweitz. Hey, Brad. How are you? Great. How are How about you? I'm doing well. My father was a real estate appraiser, so I feel like we're related. Um, yeah. Appraisal appraisers are the bane of my existence, but uh, you know, I'll we'll leave it at that. My, my wife is a real estate agent, and I uh, I can concur. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, so my question <laughs> for you, as a uh, professional heckler, yeah, what would be your hierarchy of hecklers? So, with the top being Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets as the pinnacle hecklers, and then you have you know sports hecklers, you have you know, movie theater hecklers, you got comedy show hecklers, you got sports fans, you got pro wrestler hecklers. Where where do you think the hierarchy is here? Comment sections, obviously oh, the sewer, but yeah. Uh, Dude, that's a that's a phenomenal question. And I love that you open with Waldorf and Statler or Statler and Waldorf, whichever order they do it. I actually have a shirt. I grew up a huge fan of the Muppet, Muppets. I have a shirt that's got their picture and it says heckling since 1976, which is the year I was born <laughs> as well. So like, it's perfect. I will never, I have, I have more t-shirts than I'll ever wear in my entire life. I'll never throw that one out. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're, they're kind of a gold standard. Um, and, and that probably set me on the path of becoming a professional heckler. Uh, you know, we, we started the heckler based on the culture of the, uh, left field bleachers at Wrigley. And, and I, I hate to be like a old man yells at, yells at cloud kind of guy right here, but it, the, it's not like it used to be out there because they expanded the bleachers significantly they're like three times the size they used to be and now they're like blasting music and like it's you it, you're lucky if you can get the the left fielder's attention now when you're trying to heckle him so it's tougher now than it used to be and now it's like 
anyone with a anyone with a you know with an iPhone can like dig up some factoid and then shout shout it at the player. Back in my day, we had to like research and like you you know you had to like come. We we used to hand out printouts in, in the left field bleachers to give the other teams <laughs> to give advice on their team's left fielder. So, uh, so yeah, I would definitely say. Well, I mean, Statler and Waldorf, they made a career out of it. Like they're, they're heckler. That's heckler hall of fame material right there. Right. So that's, that's the gold standard. Um, although I'm willing to bet if we went back and watch, like, that's the other thing. A lot of heckles don't hold up historically. They're sort of like uh standup comedy where you're like, Oh, Eddie Murphy, like three minutes into, I think it's delirious. He's like total homophobe. Right. And like, eh, it doesn't really hold up it, to have a timeless heckle. That's, that's the worst. Um, you didn't ask this question, but my, my heckling hall of fame moment was I, I th- at first I thought I was cool, but then a lot of people have said that this has happened to them. I got Ricky Henderson when he was at the Mets to flip me off like numerous times. And I was keeping it clean. <laughs> I was keeping it clean. But then I, I, and I was like, Oh my God, Ricky Henderson flipped me off. And, and like everyone I was sitting around in the bleachers at the time was like, I don't remember what year this was probably like, Oh, four. They're like, yeah, welcome to the club. He's like, flip this all up. Um, so again, I probably didn't really answer your question, but yeah, Statler and Waldorf gold standard. Um, and the key to a good heckle is you got to keep it clean, but it's got to be biting, you know? Um, so that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't heckle like I used to. Sarah was like, why aren't you shouting when we were at the, uh, sorry, Laura Ricketts was like, why aren't you shouting when we were at, when we were at the, uh, spring training games? I was like, eh, I wasn't really feeling it. And you could, it was super quiet there because like, you know, as stakes, I was going to test, there was like nobody there. So anyone could have heard any heckles and I had some in my mind. Like when I, I did have one, um, when Kimbrel was like getting blown up, I was like, Kimbrel's in mid season form. Uh, and, and then, uh, but that was it. And then Sarah was like, shut up. Like, or I mean, Laura Ricketts was like, shut up. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So I'm probably not great at answering your questions, but that's my answer. Brad, while we're talking about heckling, can you tell that story about Wilson Contreras that you told me? <laughs> Uh, uh, I'll give the, I'll give an abridged version. Um, a couple, it might even been, it was actually last year. One of the friends on our, so, so we do a big heckler spring train trip every year. First weekend of March. Uh, we, we, this year we didn't do it, but we still went out to the, to, to, uh, Arizona, but it was, it was a night game and a Saturday night game. And those are pretty rare. Most of the games at, at spring train are day games. And, uh, our friend who, is uh, very uh, when especially when she's had a few. I think she was probably drinking high life. So that's her thing. Uh, she gets pretty uh, suggestive, and she has crushes on a number of Cubs players. For a while, it was all Javi all the time. Like we were at a game, and she was like Javi, Javi, and he like he like he might have blown her a kiss or waved at her or whatever. And then we all started chanting, "Now she's pregnant! Now she's pregnant!" <laughs> So she, then she was really big into, into Jason Hayward. And at this game last year, uh, she was really big into Wilson Contreras and was shouting some rather profane things at him from pretty close. We had really good seats. We were like behind home plate, like maybe like six, seven rows off the field. Like it wasn't, there was no mistaking that he was, that he was going to be able to hear what was going on. And finally he had had enough and he like looked up at us and uh, I was probably, I didn't, I, I, this is mostly word of mouth at this point. Like, I don't remember this part. I might've like at, been at the concession stand or something, but I remember him, her going back and forth saying rather profane things that I was like, yeah, well, let's, let's tone it down a little bit. 
and she didn't. And Wilson Contreras finally gets up and he looks at her. He's like, I have a wife. So, <laughs> Wilson Contreras proudly proclaimed that he was a, a married man and, and no longer was interested in her. Was that the story you were asking about? Yeah. I have a wife. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was, that was a memorable moment from last year. That's amazing. Great story. Great story. All right. I'm going to throw it to Ant up in Brooklyn. I believe his camera is frozen right now. So he's the, I love NY uh, picture that you see. Go ahead, Ant. Hey, Brad, thanks for joining us. Sure. I, I feel a kindredness to you, given the story you just told about sort of the way Wrigley has changed. And as a Yankee fan, the wow. new stadium, while gorgeous is just, it's got no juice and you can't get like, None of the old chants are there, even though they try to keep people in similar sections. It's just, it's much less fun as a fan sometimes. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so I wanted to ask you how you felt as a Cubs fan with, uh, with Theo joining MLB. Were you like, oh, whatever, it's his next thing? Or were you sort of like, I can't believe he left us. And now, he, you know, he, he wanted to take a break. And now he's going to consult at MLB. And what do you think about that? Um, or have you thought well, about it? I, a few things. Um, my first thought is uh, I was a little disappointed that he wasn't like joining Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci to like, you know, finally kick coronavirus out. Cause if this guy, I mean, he beat the Yankees cur or he beat the Red Sox curse. He beat the uh, Cubs curse. Like what the, he's got some bigger fish to fry, right? Like every time I would hear him talk, I mean, I was a pretty big Theo fan and I was always like, man, this guy, like, you know, baseball is great, but like, why, why don't we start saving humanity here, pal? So I was a little disappointed that he didn't go that route. Uh, I will also say that like MLB needs uh, good thinkers around, around uh, hopefully he's got Manfred's ear because uh, I'm not a huge uh, fan of a lot of the uh, tweaks that they're trying to make to baseball. I mean, it's only a matter of time until it's going to be like rock and jock where like, there's going to be like, you know, like exploding. There's going to be like landmines in the outfield and like, Oh, that'll get the kids to watch. So uh, hopefully he can help uh, impact that uh, and and uh, save the game from from uh, the brain trust that's currently uh, trying to run the show. Okay. And speaking what are, of, what are your what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, you know, most of the new stuff they recently announced that they're going to try in the minors. I think is sort of crappy. Like lefties need to step off and everybody's got to be in the infield. And I think it's just sort of hokey. So it's, it's, it's tinkering. It's like, no, no one's going to like, no, no kid's going to watch the game because the bases are a little bit bigger. Yeah. Great. More stolen bases because the bases are two inches wider. No, that's not how it's going to work. So yeah, exactly. I feel, I I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Manfred. I feel like he's like trying to pretend like he's smart and come up with these ideas and most of them seem to fall flat. And I suspect some of the ones they're going to do now are also going to fall flat. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yes, it, I, I would agree that it is. I, I grew up around the time that you, I mean, was born around the time you were and baseball for a long time was, you know, a number one on everything. And now it's just not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's boring for lack of a better yeah. way to say it. Yes, shaking my fist. I'm shaking my fist behind my uh, blown out camera. Um, yeah, perfect. Most definitely. <laughs> perfect. All right. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, thank you. All right. Up next, I'm going to throw it to Mark, a.k.a. Lebafan. He's got a, a music question for you. Go ahead, Mark. Hello, Brad. Hey. Uh, so I see you have the Wu-Tang sweatshirt on. Yeah. So favorite hip-hop album of all time, if it isn't 36 Chambers. Man, that's a good question. So my wife, Laura Ricketts, uh, always likes to, she used to, when we were starting to date, would ask me like what my favorite 
whatever was. And like, I can never, I, I don't think that way. Um, and, and I also, I will also say that I grew up in a town of like 3,200 almost exclusively uber white rural farm <laughs> kids in Wisconsin. So like, I remember, so actually my threshold for like, whether, whether I can relate to someone is if they were born before or after the chronic came out, which was in 92. Like I remember going to the mall, like music land and like buying the chronic and like sliding it. In. I might not even have had a CD player. I might've had like a, like a CD player that I then had to put like the tape deck thing in. But I remember listening to that and not knowing a goddamn thing about what they were talking about, but just thinking that was the most awesome shit I had ever heard. So probably like pound for pound, the chronic, um, and then, and then doggy Great style choice. the next year. Yeah. And I actually, this is another thing that I thought was cool. Sort of like I thought getting flipped off by Ricky Henderson was cool. I smoked a blunt with Snoop Dogg and like six other people in Snoop Dogg's trailer in approximately, approximately like 2008. But there are so many people now when I tell them that story, they be like, oh yeah, I smoked a blunt with Snoop Dogg. Like it's, it's like not even <laughs> a said. thing. It's not even a thing. Actually, Steak Sauce, the, the next, or maybe it might've been Tuesday night in, in Arizona, a friend of ours who lives there um, was telling a story about how she and her husband and then a, another, a friend of ours named Nate and his now wife, Heather, smoked a blunt with Snoop Dogg. And I guess Nate never smokes pot. I very rarely do. Never, ever do I if uh, anyone of, of uh, authority is listening to this call. Um, although <laughs> I guess it's legal now, so it's not a big deal. But anyway, the, my friend Nate, I guess, never smokes pot. And he's like, well, fuck, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm like smoking a blunt with Snoop Dogg. Like, I have to smoke this blunt. He like inhaled, but like immediately like, <laughs> like coughed. And there was like phlegm. <laughs> it was like, this was pre-COVID. <laughs> pre-covid but he like it was he couldn't he couldn't hold the smoke down for like half a second so anyway to answer your question uh probably the chronic it's a good answer i'll allow it what's yours um actually it probably is 36 chambers um right. it's because i'm the youngest and my brothers always listen to all the hip-hop stuff so i remember they bought the chronic and they're rapping in front of the mirror the day it came out and i was like nine years old i'm like oh, I thought that, yeah that, know, it was that, it was cool that, that sent you down a path yeah I, I also remember too like like People in my town, like we, I actually ordered off of uh, BMG. I ordered um, a two short album thinking it was Bushwick Bill because Bushwick Bill was short. Uh, and then, so then I turned all of my what uber white farm kid town, farm, farm town kid friends in, onto two short, which was looking back on it, probably a questionable choice for all of us. Um, so, but, but that, and then um, I also remember introducing the ODB album where he's at, where it's his like welfare card. What's yeah. what else is that? Um, I think it's, is it, is it the Brooklyn zoo one? Yeah. 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 And I remember, I remember like playing that and a couple of my friends were like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Uh, so not it, for everybody. It, yeah. It, yeah. But it was, it was pretty amazing. Can I say F bombs or is beep count going to have to go and, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. We're okay. crazy. More than yeah, absolutely. Say right. Terrific. There's no fine for that. Nope. Nope. Fuck no. Not at all. All right. Not at all. all. Right. Life is too short is uh, is Pam's favorite. That's impressive. Fantastic. I was introduced that uh, to that one on the middle school bus. Yeah, I will tell you one thing. It did not teach me uh, how to respect women. That any <laughs> any any too short album. Was, no. There's not a, there's not a lot. Yeah. Like I didn't understand what some of that. As cool as I thought, I, I still was, don't understand it. I'm like, can you can you do that? Like, there's a lyric where it's like possible. 
there's a lyric where it's like grab a bag of ice, watch a hoe get loose. I still don't know what that means. I, I do. <laughs> Why do we need a bag of ice? I don't know. Like, is it hot where she's at? Like, yeah. uh, is it a pool party? I don't know. I don't know either. And I'm yeah. cool enough to know. I also that. actually have gotten into debates with numerous people. You know, the big pun lyric where it's like, I rip my dick through your hooters. You couldn't, you, you could, or I, I ripped my prick through my, you couldn't measure my dick with six rulers. What, let's, can we go around the horn here? What, uh, what does, what do you think that means when he says, I ripped my prick through your hooters? He's titty having yep. sex with your breasticles. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think, he, I think it means, I think it means he's impaling her from conventional <laughs> sex. That's what oh. I think. The only, uh, the only rap lyric I know where it's, it's, literal is a dmx i got blood on my hands and there's no remorse i got blood on my because i effed a corpse um that's 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 the, uh, that's the hardest opening lyric i think i've ever real heard. quick uh but we are going downhill here fast it's grammy it's, it's grammy night too by the way we need an episode of of pam and brad just breaking down rap lyrics <laughs> holy yeah. shit Absolutely. sorry go, go ahead stick uh big pun had to be lying about how much sex he had right <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just little Kim uh, alone. Like, I, I feel like there was a lot of that happening. Uh, you know, it might have been exaggerated a little bit, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, the, well, chronic, the chronic. On, uh, on, on, that's a great answer. And uh, as far as the Mount Rushmore of smoking weed, I feel like it is strictly Cheech. Chong, Willie Nelson, and Snoop Dogg. So uh, you, you've got to you've got to complete the uh, uh, oh, the man. quadrant there. I got to get to Willie in a hurry because he's not looking so great. Yeah, I know, I know, it's such a bummer. All right, on that uh, fantastic note of breaking down early '90s hip hop lyrics, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up here, Brad. Thank you so much for joining us, my man. Yeah. Tell everybody where you can uh, you can be found on Twitter and Instagram and. Uh, sure. your, your new podcast that you've you've revamped, etc. Yeah, uh, Twitter is uh, real heckler Brad, and I actually now finally for the first time ever have more followers than people I'm following. So I'm very honored by that. That Yay. yeah, the my, my billionaire video from a week or two ago helped put me over the edge. Um, and then uh, Instagram, I think I'm heckler Brad or real heckler Brad, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and you the heckler.com and uh. Yeah, uh, hit, hit me up there. I, I try to engage as long as people aren't, uh, you know, I for the longest time I would avoid Twitter because of because I, I couldn't stand to see my wife Laura Ricketts get trolled uh, by by uh, meatheads. So, but now I'm trying to dip my toe into it a little bit more. So, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, that is fantastic to hear about your follower count. Um, everybody, go follow Brad. Go subscribe to his podcast. Uh, rate, review, give it uh, nothing but five stars. Um, and uh, yeah, Brad, thank you so much for joining us, guys. On the count of three, can I get a thank you, Brad? One, two, three. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Great way to spend an evening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.